Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we want to thank you all for tuning into our podcast, Sports Plebs. I'm Nate Dar, joined as always by my co-host, Joe Tindler. Lots to go over today. As always, we discuss our Irish staving off the mighty Toledo Rockets in a much closer, albeit more entertaining game than we were hoping for. And we go over week two of college football. It's the most wonderful time of the year, Joe. The NFL is back. We touch on an exciting week one and lament our Colts and Bears lack of offensive integrity. Special guest and Cowboys insider Trenton Alexander will call in and join us. His remarks on a fantastic Thursday night matchup between the Cowboys and Buccaneers, as well as other thoughts on the NFC East and college football. Wrapping up, as always, with our social media story, Joe's Bets of the Week. Mr. Timler, how are you this evening? Nate, I'm doing just all right here. You'll notice I have a little bit of a cold here, but my thought process there was, have you ever heard anybody in NPR? Those guys sound nasally, sickly all the time, so maybe it'll just boost my game having this cold. That's my silver lining there. But other than that, I'm doing good, man. It was a a good weekend. I think I was a little bit inspired by you, some guys at work, to get a wood pellet smoker. Um, Pit Boss, is that the brand you have? Yeah, I have the Pit Boss. It's great, man. Yeah, the Pit Boss? Yeah, yeah. So I, I started out simple, smoked some burgers. Uh, I put them on the smoker mode for about an hour and then turned up the heat under the direct flame, and they turned out really good. So um feeling like, you know, I'm a real Kansas here. Get some Kansas City barbecue going. I, I might try a brisket or some ribs this weekend, maybe get a little more complicated. So there was that. There was the football action. It was great. Our first full week of college, NFL, Um COVID, I think, is done in our household, fingers crossed, so we can get back to sporting events for the kids this week, get back to school. Um, so a lot of brightness on the horizon. How was your week? Oh, it was good, man. We, uh, you know, just kind of hung out with the family, watched a lot of football. Um, Alicia was feeling a little sick, too, actually. She got went and got the, the rapid test through Memorial Hospital, and it came back negative. So good. I think she's a little cold. The baby's a little snuffly, but... Uh, yeah, man. Other than that, just uh, enjoying uh, enjoying the football season. I uh, it's that's exciting. You got a pit pause though, man. I didn't know that. That's uh, that's great. I would recommend. Um, one of the best parts about it is just the temperature control. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I mean, I would definitely say that you should try just getting a nice thick ribeye. And if okay. you know, because you can, if you have time, you can smoke it slow. And if you don't have time, you can crank it up to four hundred and mm-hmm. literally just flip it over every like five minutes or so and it'll take like 15 minutes to cook and it cooks perfectly and then make sure you use the uh i i do the thermometer man that's the best okay. way to do it. you know like honestly when i think steaks like uh 150 150 maybe 45 150 145 if you're a little little i like it a little bloody you know but um yeah 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 that that, that thermometer in there um man that is a game changer you okay and you can leave it in the whole time right you can close it with it in there Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would just okay. close it in there. For, I mean that, like I said, if you want to do it slow, you know, two two fifty, you know, 300, it's going to take some time. But I mean, like the, the best part is getting home from work, being hungry and knowing that you can just, you know, whip up some chicken legs real quick or some steak 400 is kind of like the money temperature I found for if you got, if you want to cook some meat fast in like 15 yeah. minutes, do it and make sure you just kind of check it with the thermometer google google like whatever you're cooking and what the right temperature is and uh yeah man it's great you know it's literally like you cannot burn the meat it's incredible i mean i guess you could but i've never burned the meat and i've probably well, cooked do you open time. it up to the direct flame because that's one of the reasons i got the pit boss was because you can open it up and get a little more of the sear on there 
but you can also I, leave it closed. You can go either way. I leave it. I leave it closed personally. I like okay. the I like the indirect heat at all times because, like I said, mm-hmm. then it's really really difficult to actually burn the meat, which is which is the goal, you know. So, okay. um, but I mean, definitely, if you're trying to go for like a reverse sear or something like that, you want to yeah. flame maybe some chicken wings. You want to get that crispiness on the outside. I would say 90% of the time I just keep it closed, honestly. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. Well, Pit Boss, not a sponsor yet, but we're working on it. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Um, do you want to jump right into it? I uh I scored tickets to the game actually. So I was about 10 rows up in um in the uh I think it's the south end zone. It was by gate gate D. It was okay. was yeah, it was it was so it was uh Macaulay, one of a one of my friends, one of our friends gave us gave me me and my wife a couple tickets, so we were down there. Um, I mean, it was intense, man. I'll tell you what, I didn't think that that was going to be a close game. Uh, my general thought process was just looking around, uh, and I realized that uh, this around the third quarter that this was a very probably the most blue collar Notre Dame crowd I'd ever been a part of. Um, lots of guys, you know, I felt at home, lots of guys, shaved heads, crappy Notre Dame tattoos on their biceps. Um, didn't feel like there was a lot of graduates from the university necessarily down there in that section. But the good thing, the the thing was that around the third quarter, we realized we got to get loud. And I mean, I think, you know, the noise definitely did Toledo at some points of the game. I think they had back to back false starts down on our end. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, it Notre Dame needed every little advantage they could get. <laughs> and that was kind of the scary thing is uh, with the stadium only being two-thirds full, I think if it hadn't been – if it had been a typical golf-clapping Notre Dame crowd, I, I don't know if they would have got that little jolt. Um, like I said, about halfway through the third quarter when we kind of looked at each other and realized, like, oh, my God, they might lose the game. <laughs> Are you saying that all the, the aristocratic Notre Dame fans gave their tickets to their servants? Is that what happened? That's, I mean, that's how I got them. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, was there, like, was there a noticeable shift, though, after that pick six? It seems like it was, we were kind of on our way to a typical, well, a sleepy Notre Dame two-touchdown win. But then Cohn throws that pick six late in the second quarter and actually gives Toledo the lead there, right? I mean, was that a big shift when that pick happened? That was massive, man, because that yeah. meant they went down. They went into the half uh, down a point, right? Wasn't that what? Didn't yeah, they yeah. And I, I wasn't asking just even for like more than just a game full, but just like the the atmosphere in the stadium. It seems like people were probably kind of sleepy, like, oh, of course we're going to win this. To like, we have a real game on our hands. At this no, point. that's that's a very proper evaluation of it. I would say. Okay. I mean, that pick six, there was a hush that fell over the crowd, and you just because the whole. You know, I mean, even somebody, you know, there was a kid in the crowd behind me and he's like, you know, he's like, dad, it feels like we're losing even though we're winning. And then that pick six happened. It was like, now we're actually losing. This sucks. Are we going to really, you know, lose? I mean, they've won. I think that was their 24th or 25th straight game at home. And the thought that you would break that streak to the mighty Toledo Rockets was, I mean, it was horrifying, frankly, you know. Um, When's the last time you think we had a pick six? Was it that horrific Miami game oh, in 2017. I mean, has it been that long? I don't know. I feel like we don't throw a lot of pick sixes. Book, no, book certainly didn't. No, he definitely didn't. So I, I don't know, man. That was, yeah, I would say probably that Miami game. Yeah, that's a good call, Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, it was tough. I think the toughest part, you know, in both the games has been, you know, it doesn't feel like their running game is where it has been in the past couple of years. 
The defense definitely isn't. So I, I don't know. I don't know what we're leaning on right now. That's like, well, we got this going for us. You know, um, it doesn't feel like there's any, you know, any aspect of this team that's just going to dominate and blow anybody away. I mean, I'm nervous, man. I know there's seven point favorites against Purdue. Um, but I mean, isn't Purdue two and O and I think they just spanked like Western Kentucky or whoever they played. I mean, that's if Toledo yeah. can come in and give us, give us, give us fits. I don't know. I think it's a, you know, it's a valid, you know, I think it'll be a valid game. That would be devastating. <laughs> to All, right. Purdue All right. Well, I appreciate you giving us the producer Matt perspective of things here, but I mean, I'll walk it back a little bit. I was looking at some of the advanced stats numbers. I don't want to get into those too much, but I, like without their explosive plays, it seemed like Notre Dame just on a play-by-play basis had a 90% chance of winning. And that's how the, the S&P plus bore it out. It was, it was big plays by Toledo, bad tackling again. Freeman's defense is a little bit puzzling to me. I mean, it is basically break, but don't bend. Sometimes it look fantastic, right? Getting sacks in the backfield. Sometimes they give up huge plays. And I think we're gonna have to live with that, but I mean, there was a couple of really bad fumbles, a pick six, uh, overturned Kyle Hamilton interception that I don't know how you could say that actually hit the ground. That was interesting. They overturned that. Um, I, I felt like a couple things go different. I know, I know that's the old Notre Dame excuse, and this is a comfortable win, but uh, take, take us back to 2018, right? We had the same kind of situation. We struggled with Ball State. We struggled with Vanderbilt, probably worse teams than we've played this year. Um, and there was a quarterback switch. We brought in Ian Book for Wimbush, and it perked things up against Wake Forest. Uh, we saw a little bit of that, right? Buckner came in, and it really freed up the running game, right? Like, they had to respect Buckner as a runner, and he was able to run some RPO where he was faking the pitch, taking it himself, and that really took the, the defense on their heels. Not saying that we should put Cohn on the bench forever, because honestly, that, that last drive was beautiful. I mean, he when he has time in the pocket, he can throw pinpoint deep balls, with the best of them in college. So I think the two quarterback approach makes sense going forward. And I think we come out with our hair on fire a little bit against Purdue. I really think we can win this game comfortably. I hope so. I hope you're right. I mean, like that, that would be great. And I do agree with you on the platoon thing for sure. I, I think that's a real actual viable option right now, especially since Cone is, he's only, this is his last year eligibility, right? It's not like, yeah, it's not like we need him. We're going to be like, Oh, well, what's going to happen next year. Then we have a real QB problem. No, I mean, the assumption is that Cone was going to be here this year. And then Buckner is going to take over after that. Buckner looked great, man. I mean, the student section loves him between him and um, maybe Gronk. I don't know who they love more, honestly. <laughs> um, but, um, I mean, Michael Mayer, I guess, you know, that is the one thing I would say. If, if we have to lean on something, it's Michael Mayer seems like he can, he's going to kind of torch everybody this year, which is, which is nice, you know, tight end university. He's awesome. He's a stud. Um, I do love my boy, Kevin Austin too. He had a couple oh, yeah. big catches for us. So nice to finally see him after three years of us kind of waiting and talking about him, you know, starting his freshman year. And then every single year, it seems like he gets hurt to finally have uh, start to put together the beginning of a productive season. It feels good, man. I think, you know, when he came in as a freshman, even it was like, this guy could have NFL talent. And I mean, if he continues on the trajectory that he's on, I mean, there's no reason to think that he won't get drafted at least. So um, yeah, I, I, you know, I am, I am nervous, but at the same time, you know, if we want to transition to kind of the rest of the college football world, I mean, you look mm -hmm. at the rest of their schedule, Wisconsin's already got a loss. USC fired their head coach, which might be bad for us. 
<laughs> I know, I know they're going to get that redemption story. But thankfully, we don't play them for another month or so. So kind of the, the new interim coach vibes can, can wear off a little bit before we play them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, what was Helton was like one in five or one in six against Notre Dame or something like that. He'd been yeah. there a while. I didn't realize yeah. how long he had been there. But yeah. Um, but I mean, he had a respectable overall record. I think it was 42 and 26. But I, I that's not going to cut it at USC, obviously. No. Um, so um Oregon Ohio State tell me about that game I I was shocked it wasn't like a fluky Oregon win Oregon dominated that game Ohio State was lucky to kind of pull within one score late they really miss uh, our guy Justin Fields I think yeah I would say so um and Oregon didn't have a Thibodeau who's supposed to be like a top five maybe top three draft pick Right. And um, they didn't have somebody else too. They were missing. They were missing him and and somebody else that was is one of their studs. And I mean, like, I mean, I lost money on that game. I won't lie. I threw them into a parlay. Parlay, and I think I took the minus. I think I teased it down to minus thirteen and a half because I figured Ohio State would beat them by two touchdowns for sure. Um, yeah, that was shocking. I think anybody that's, that says that that wasn't shocking is either a diehard Pac-12 Oregon fan or they're just lying, frankly. Um, I can't, couldn't believe that. I do think, um, you know, and I do think there are, there are threats in the big 10 clearly. I mean, Iowa knocked off Iowa state. They look legit. They got some dudes on their defensive line. Um, And I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's, it's reasonable to think that at some point Ohio state's not going to march its way to the final four and win the big 10 championship with one or no losses. And I mean, I, I don't know. They, you know, I agree. They miss, they miss your boy, Justin Fields. That's mm. for sure. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, as much as, you know, as much as I, I, I say all that, you know, it's, it's kind of great to see them go down finally. Um, but I couldn't believe it, but it was a big win for Oregon. It was a big day for the pack 12, you know, to yeah. kind of, to kind of reinsert themselves back into the playoff conversation, especially in a week where USC fell. And at the time you kind of thought, Oh, that might be it. Uh, who am I missing in the pac 12? And somebody- Utah lost too. Utah lost to BYU, which is also big. Cause they're always kind of like a dark horse team there, but BYU handled them. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, man. And so Michigan, yeah. Michigan blew out Washington. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want Michigan. Actually my ideal situation in Michigan goes undefeated and just gets spanked by like a three loss Ohio state team. That would be, that'd be so great. Oh, that would be so funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't think, I don't think Michigan can compete with Ohio state still, unless I see, unless I, um, unless I see just the rest of the year play out. And I just, you know, I just, I refuse to believe that it's been what 12, 13 straight years. I mean, it's practically it's practically a Notre Dame Alabama situation at this point, except they're supposed to be rivals. <laughs> so. Right. We don't, we've only gotten two cracks at Alabama, but yeah, I agree. It's been that kind yeah. of series. Um, but yeah, the big, that, it seems like Iowa, Penn State are the class of the Big Ten right now, maybe Michigan. So it's going to be an interesting year there. I think there's going to be a lot of chaos. Maybe this is the year the, the Big Ten gets left out of the playoffs. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. Yeah. Especially, I mean, if Oregon runs the table, you got to think that they're going to be in for sure. Yeah. Um, it seems like Bama is going to be Bama. The SEC will probably send two teams and, you know, Clemson fell, but that's a good loss to Georgia, you know, especially if the SEC ends up sending Bama and Georgia, for example. Right. And uh, which is, I mean, like seems crazy to think because aren't, they, are they in the same division or would they play each other in the SEC championship game? They would play each other in the yeah. SEC championship game, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, basically our wins from Georgia, Florida goes to that, the championship, but 
Yeah, well, and the Big 12 seems like they're almost out of it. I mean, they're on life support with Oklahoma, I think, because Iowa State gets handled by Iowa. Texas gets destroyed by Arkansas. Uh, that wasn't I, even a close game. That no. game was not close. I was watching that while I was working out. Um, and, yeah, man, it was – that That was – at no point did it feel like Texas might have a handle on that game. And Arkansas doesn't seem like – I mean – they're in the SEC, I get it, but I mean, what are they? The fourth, fourth best team at best, you would think, behind. Oh man, yeah, best. Like Georgia, Florida, Auburn's ranked too. I mean, you know, yeah. Auburn State's going to be a good game this weekend coming up. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, uh, it'll be interesting. You know, it's early. I don't want to overreact and everything, but yeah, I think it's a viable point that the Big Ten could be left out. Um, this year, you know, unless Penn State or Iowa ends up running the table, you know, in which case I think they're, you know, anybody running the table in any of the major conferences is going to going to be in, you would think. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. looking looking forward a little bit to the next week. Do you uh, can you give me a reason not to take Cincinnati against your Hoosiers? I think they're only three and a half point favorites, and they've looked really good so far this year. Do you think your Hoosiers can pull this one off? I mean, I want to believe they can pull it off, okay. but I don't. I don't think they can. I think since he's since he's really good, since he's going to be the best team that Notre Dame probably plays this year, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And as crazy as crazy as that is to say, um, I mean, it is at Indiana. I think. I think I. I don't think like, Indiana fell out of the rankings, and I know they yeah. they stomped whoever they were playing. But I mean, I it was a nobody, and I don't think that's going to be enough to even get get them ranked twenty fifth. Um, they don't have much of a home field advantage at um, at Memorial Stadium, honestly. Just, I think you know, I think there'll be a lot of Cincy fans there. They're probably juiced for this game. Oh, I would think so. It's it's, it's a not really a far trip. Game. It's what like three hours at most. Yeah, maybe? not even, not yeah. even. I think it's like two hours. I went to I went to Cincy when I was in Bloomington a couple times actually. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and Cincy's got to be thinking, okay, we take care of this game and then circle that Notre Dame game. We yeah. can knock them off like we could be that team that breaks into the final four finally after what it's been, what, 10, almost 10 years of the playoffs. And there hasn't been a team outside of the major conferences that's made it. Um, right. So really hasn't been that close. Honestly, Central Florida went undefeated a couple of years ago, and I think they were still only ranked like six or seven. Um, yeah. 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 Um, uh, Bama, yeah. Florida, I, I don't. Florida really misses Kyle Trask. Bama doesn't seem to miss Mac Jones as much. I think Bama could probably blow him out there, even though that's kind of the marquee game of the week. That spread is like... Is it over two touchdowns? 15 points, I think, okay. right now. And I think okay. it's climbing, too. And it's it's at Gainesville. I mean, it's in Florida, but still. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I just... I wouldn't... I don't know. I might take the points there, but that's 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 tough. Like, yeah. just to... I mean, Florida almost beat him last year in the SEC championship. That was a good game, but yeah. again, that was a Kyle Trask game, so it's kind of it's kind of difficult to compare. Yep, yep, yep. Indeed, uh, Auburn, um, Penn State. I think that's the other ranked matchup. That's that's kind of a fascinating one because you don't see too many SEC Big Ten games, um, and we don't know that much about either team. That I just I don't really know what will happen. So I think I would probably take Auburn plus six in that game that would make a lot of sense there yeah i mean six six is a lot of points for a game where you got to think that you know as much as you know it, it kind of kills us to admit living in big 10 country it's like the sec has dominated college football for a while now for a reason yeah um yeah and i don't i don't know 
I don't know about Penn State. You know, I don't know who I don't even know who Wisconsin played last week. It felt like it was a really quiet week in college football. I think they played um, Eastern Michigan. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we don't know about we don't know about Wisconsin either. They could no. be just whatever too. No, I think uh, they, they have a bye week before they play us, so they'll have played no one, which honestly I think might be to our advantage. Right, having such a, a bye week so early isn't really that helpful. I think they, we may be a little bit sharper than them coming out the gates. That's yeah. Like yeah. Think. You think. Um, did you see that little bit of uh realignment news by the way the big because i'm actually in big 12 country and so are my houston cougars now and cincinnati and memphis and ucf i believe maybe not hey. yeah they're making kind of a viable conference there it's not not the top of the top but i think they could still be a fringe power five conference at this point if you have to man at that yeah. point you know what are you going to do it's that or just basically give up and and tell oklahoma state and all the other guys to just go go good luck go find the best conference to join up we're disbanding so yeah. yeah i mean i think all those schools are viable options i mean they're basically many they're, they're 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 probably above half the team you know statistically in the past 10 years they've probably performed better or at the same level of at least half of the teams in the big 12, you would think, I mean, the bottom pack of the, the bottom half of the big 12 is abysmal. I mean, you know, I mean, starting with, you know, a team like Kansas, even as far as football goes, sure. um, I do think, you know, I do think they will survive. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the right move. Um, really. It's the only move you can do unless you're just going to throw your hands up and give up, I guess. So, yeah, I did see that. And um, I, I love it. Honestly, I, I hate the idea that, you know, all these conferences are just going to disband. I think it's going to happen eventually in our lifetime. We're just going to see basically the NFL model in college football. Mm-hmm. And we're going to love it and we're going to watch every minute of it. But, you know, I want to hold on. I want to hold on to the old ways, the old gods. I want to hold on to my childhood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I already watched the Big East go up in flames and I still get emotional about that. So, you oh, know. The old Big East, that was that was real basketball. That was elbows. They didn't call fouls. It was just great. Georgetown, Syracuse, St. John's, man. They, yeah, mm. they had a lot of really, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Notre Dame was in it too, obviously. So that made it all the more oh, kind yeah. of personal and better for us. Um, yeah. 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 And I don't, I don't want that to happen to the big 12 and like, I don't, I don't really have, it's not like I have a ton of love for the big 12, but I just think it sucks what Oklahoma and Texas are doing right now. Um, and it's, it's crazy, you know, I mean, just the whole thing was crazy. And part of the, part of the craziness of it is that, um, my understanding is all these commissioners were basically in the same room talking about how they were going to get through the season. I think with COVID stuff going on and playoff expansion, yeah. that was it. They were talking about playoff expansion. And meanwhile, you know, like Texas, you know, the, the sec commissioner is just gutting the, right. The it's it's like, it's, it's game of Thrones, right? Yeah. SEC commissioners like what Bruce Bolton here. Texas, he might be Oklahoma uh, is, is the, are the phrase. I don't know. I can't get a perfect analogy here, but you know what I mean. He might be Littlefinger. I think he's brand new. He's brand new. He's brand spanking new, and he's kind of coming okay. in. To, uh, he's got that new money. Yeah, he's coming in. But I think all the other commissioners are new too. I think that's part of the problem. Is it's you know they're all they're all newer, and this guy. I think I think he's been in there just a couple of years, but he feels like he has the power and the, apparently the authority to just poach whoever he wants. You know, which is you know it's scary. It's interesting. But, yeah, meanwhile, yeah. Texas got their SEC trial run against Arkansas, like the sixth best team, and got blown out. So have fun with that. Yeah, I, I <laughs> Texas is going to really struggle in the SEC. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be a real wake-up call for them for a while. Um, and they, 
if they haven't been, that's always my, that was kind of my thing when I saw that. It's like, if you can't hold on to your recruits, like they've lost, I think the past probably half a dozen um, Texas high school quarterbacks, even going back to a kid named Andrew Luck that went to Stanford, you know, they don't necessarily stay even in the state of Texas anymore, let alone go to the university of Texas. If you can't do that and you're in the big 12, what's going to happen when you're in the sec and Alabama's beating you 50 to nothing in Tuscaloosa every other year, you know, I just, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Sarkeesian and them do down there for sure. Um, do you want to transition to the NFL or did you have anything else you want to touch on college football wise? No, no, that's good. I think we covered week two previewed week three. So let's, uh, let's talk about week one of the NFL. It started off with a bang. Certainly Cowboys, Buccaneers, Dak Prescott was the best player on that field. He was incredible. I mean, his offensive line was a little better than expected, but he was still under pressure all night. Brady, as always, has a great offensive line and makes quick reads, has no pressure, whatever, whatever. Um, but not to take away from his performance, he still looks great for a, a 43-year-old um, wizard um, who communes with the devil. But, yeah, it was just a really fun game back and forth. I think uh, our guy Godwin fumbled on the goal line. It might have been over at that point, but the Cowboys forced a turnover. Um, and it's just it was just a fun first game of the season. Yeah, it was great. I mean, like, it's always great to get a shootout like that. I, Brady's horrifying, man. Just, you know, with a minute, was there a minute and 24 seconds to go and the Cowboys score to go up and all, but all Brady needed was the field goal. And you just like, kind of saw him glaring across the sideline and he looks up at the clock one time out minute 23 and he just starts yeah. nodding. And it's just like everybody in the world's just nodding. Like, yep, you left him too much time, man. And it was easy for them. You know, really, they could have taken shots at the end zone if they needed to, but he was just throwing it out of bounds to wait the last, you know, 10 seconds to the yeah. clock or whatever at that point. Um, I, I, I will say, say he, he almost threw a pick on that last drive, though. He, it was close. Um, I forgot the Cowboys guy who jumped up and got a finger or a hand on it. It's close. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's no, it, I mean, like, yeah, he's not, a, he's, not a myself. he's not immortal, but I mean, like, it's, it's getting, it's getting worrisome at this point, <laughs> but I mean, I would say this too. It doesn't look like the arm strength has decreased at all. So I don't know. I don't even know what to do with Brady at this point. It's like, you know, I, I, I until he gets scraped out and carted off the field and it's like, Oh God, major knee surgery. I just don't know what's going to slow him down. But I mean, I do think the Cowboys are going to be competitors, man. And especially yeah. the way the rest of the NFC, well, the, the, the Eagles looked really oh, good. Yeah, the Eagles. And we can save some of this talk for our, our special Cowboys uh, insider. It's a good point. I, I think yeah. I'll have some good takes on it. Do you want to talk about the Colts? I, it was Wentz's first game. It was Seahawks. I mean, this is a tough baptism by fire. It's, I think they'll be better. The Titans look like garbage. There's still hope, Nate. Don't give up. Yeah, I mean, the Texans are in first place in the AFC South, which yes, everybody, saw, everybody saw that coming. That's yes, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did say, I think, on a previous pod that uh, Tyrod Taylor is not afraid and he will win them some games this year. I didn't think it would be in that fashion necessarily week one, but I also didn't know what to do. I didn't touch. That was one of the only games I don't think I – no, no, I did. I bet on Trevor Lawrence to have an interception, mm. so that paid out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, Houston has great doctors. I can vouch for this. They will not puncture Tyrod Taylor's lung, and so if we don't do that, we'll be okay. Yeah, I don't think that they will. Based off that performance, I think it's safe to say that they will not finish with the worst record in football. I don't know who will, 
But I mean, like, I know it was against the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars, but at this point, if you're a Jags fan, you got to start wondering, like, are we going to finish with back to back, you know, top three, maybe even the number one pick, you know, if we, yeah. you can't beat Houston, who everybody was penciling in to a tank with Deshaun Watson, not even allowed on, like near the facility, basically on game day. And, you know, B just not have a ton of talent on the roster. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. Um, I don't really know. I gave up on that game so quickly. It was just such a Carson okay. Wentz game. You know, he gets, he makes some throws that are just incredible. And then he just does some stuff that's so dumb. I do think that our kind of the Colts fans worst fears were realized. We didn't reinvest in our offensive line, which is something that we've always mm-hmm. done. And they really didn't do it. And I mean, their left tackle, um, they got uh, Fisher, the Chiefs left tackle, but he's hurt right yep. now. So I don't even know who the guy that was starting for them. And when Wentz is under pressure, he does not do well. So uh, unless they get that figured out. and re- The defense, really the problem, though, Nate, what happened to the defense? I don't know, man. I think that okay. secondary is going to be suspect, frankly. Um, but, it, I mean, the Seahawks have a top five to seven quarterback. They have Metcalf. They have Lockett. They have a lot of weapons. So it's going to get easier, but still concerning. I will say Russell Wilson played out of his mind. It was yeah. so fr- it was so fr- it was one of those games where I'm like, God, this is so frustrating. I thank God this idiot's in the NFC. It's so frustrating <laughs> to play him. Like it's it's impossible to bring him down. He extends every single play, and then you know he just he just whips the ball wherever he wants. He's maybe he's one of the best deep ball throwers I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, mm. I it, it, it's it, he just when he lean, when he cocks back, you're just like, oh God, he's it's either Lockett or Metcalf or one of those guys is just streaking and he's just going to put it in their bread basket. So um, it's tough, man. It's tough because, you know, especially the way the Rams played, if you want to transition to that, I think the, I think the Colts are realistically going to open up Owen two, you know, at this point. So uh, staring that down the throat. Um, But I mean, yeah, the Rams will be on the road. It's a different story. Um, The Colts are definitely better than the bears. But I, I thought the Bears accorded themselves okay. Dalton looked fine. He looked like he could, you know, be a gatekeeper until Justin Fields comes of age, kind of a, a steward of the throne. But yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna make the playoffs this year. I think whoever's playing quarterback, their defense is still pretty good, but they have a lot of speed on offense, but not a lot of size or skill. And I think they're gonna be, you know, a, a six to eight win team this year, and we have to live with it. Yeah. I'd hope for seven. We'll hope for yeah. seven. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. For, for, for certain reasons, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I I would say that I think Bears fans are uh, pretty passionate, obviously. And I think they're, for the most part, well, they're, I don't know if they're, I would say they're smart, but they're not stupid, that's for sure. Okay. And at some point, like, they're going to realize that, you know, all Matt Nagy and this this front office and everybody's doing by keeping Justin Fields out is trying to buy themselves time, trying to pull an Alex yeah. Smith thing, you know? And I don't think that's going to, they're going to stand for it. You know, it's going to be interesting. This They're favored by, I think, three, three and a half points against the Bengals at home this week. Yep. Joe, Joey covers, man. I'm taking the three and a half points. <laughs> um, I will um, say the Bears have made the playoffs two of the last three years. People don't know. People forget. I think it's because they've done it in an ugly fashion and then obviously not won a playoff game, but they have been there. They haven't been terrible. Mm-hmm. No, I know. And that's the thing. It was The weirdest part about that game was their defense just getting shredded, but 
I do think Sean McVay and Stafford might have really unlocked something in themselves. I mean, you just saw it the way Stafford was coming off the field after that last touchdown drive, and they were just broke. I mean, what, but by the way, what's the age difference between those two? McVay's, <laughs> what, 36, and Stafford's, what, 34? Yeah, he's um, probably like two to three years older than him. Yeah. Kind of like uh, back when uh, Gruden was first starting out, he was barely older than uh, Rich Gannon, was it? It was a similar vibe there. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, and if think about if they traded for Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers would have been older than him, I believe. <laughs> yeah, certainly yeah. looks older. He's got our uh, he's got our uh, Peter Stoffelbach, you know, man bun, grizzled beard look. They, they have a similar look to them right now. Yeah, they do. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, those were that was an, that was a fascinating game, man. The Saints Packers. I just didn't. Yeah. Nobody saw that. I mean think you know it's cliche but if i told you going into that game one quarterback will throw for five touchdowns no interceptions and one quarterback will mm-hmm. have two interceptions and no touchdowns you've been like oh wow sucks to be Jameis winston huh no no it does not he had one of the most efficient games in nfl history because he only threw for 150 yards but he had five touchdowns so um, very weird yeah how are you were you watching sunday ticket or are you watching red zone how are you consuming the games this week i i we actually it was just was just a wonderful day i think we had both the games we had we had i had okay um what was the oh i was bill Steelers was on cbs yeah colt seahawks was on fox and then okay. we transitioned to um uh packers saints on fox and browns chiefs on cbs okay so, so you got the good I got, games i got yeah. five football games yeah for free which was great. Um, but yeah, no, I don't have, I don't have the Sunday ticket. I don't have red zone or anything like that. I was thinking about investing in it, but you know, this Sunday it was awesome. And Alicia has uh, Amazon, so I'll be able to get the Thursday night games. You know, I'll, I'll be okay. Okay. You know, I okay. might go to a bar or something like that. If there's some games I really want to watch, but yeah, we'll we do red zone and just because the kids love it so much. I think it like feeds their ADD obsession, just touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. It is kind of fun that they stay around and watch it. And it, it was kind of cool to see all the there was a few close games like watching that lions come back seeing joey covers take out the vikings watching the panthers well maybe not that game but the chargers uh washington football team game was fun going down to the end so th- there's pluses minuses i feel like there's nothing like watching a full game through though and kind of getting that full attention on it whereas red zone gives you all the games but more surface level Oh, well, red, red Zone's the eighth wonder of the world. You don't have to try to sell me on Red Zone. So yeah, I'm just um, telling you, it's like smartphones. It's slowly destroying our society in football, but <laughs> it's, it's still a yeah, I guess I guess that's true. Yeah, I had Red Zone a couple of years ago. It's incredible. I love it. But yeah, no, I I for the kids, yeah, it would be awesome for the kids. You know, it's that kind of quick. It's the TikTok generation, man. They want the quick videos, the 30 second clips, the highlights, and that's that's what Red Zone is. Um. Yeah, so those were those were the games I, I watched. I don't have much evaluation on the other stuff other than like watching the highlights. I mean, Herbert Herbert's a stud, man. He's gonna mm. he's gonna be really good for a really long time. I, I think the Washington defense is good. I just think Herbert's better, you know. Um, yeah, uh, Browns Chiefs was fantastic. That was that was defense optional game. Yeah, the, I the Browns. It. Did you know the Browns finished that game? 8.2 yards per play like the chiefs the chiefs were missing a couple guys right they were missing the honey badger frank clark on the defensive line but still 8.2 yards per play like they were lucky to win this game yeah they certainly were uh chubb was running all over the place on the chiefs much to my uh much to my joy uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously but um yeah man i think 
it's it's weird because it was one of those games where you know if you're a Browns fan you're disappointed. But as a neutral fan, I came out of that like, man, the Browns are going to be really good this year. They're going to like if that's what they're going to do in Kansas City and like have to have, you know, Patrick Mahomes be a magician slash superhero and like do a Patrick Mahomes thing and come from behind and win like that's, you know, like you're going to be fine. You're going to win 11 or 12 games. You're probably going to win your division and you'll probably be playing in Kansas city in a playoff game again this year. You know, like that's, that's, that's awesome. You know, like I, you know, it's weird. It's weird. Cause like, it's very rare where, you know, there's some gut wrenching loss like that. And you're like, I feel good about the losing. I feel really good about the Browns. Like, I think they're going to be really awesome this year. And I just, the chiefs, you know, it's just the, 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 the chiefs are, and Patrick Mahomes is, one of the greatest players, one of the greatest athletes and just professional, you know, players we'll ever see, I think. And that's really what yeah. it comes down to. It's not, you know, I don't want to, I thought Baker Mayfield was making, was playing awesome, by the way. I mean, he was making quick throws um, on target, you know, the right reads. And I just, I was very, I came away really impressed with both those teams. I think both those teams are going to be playoffs and it wouldn't stun me to see him in the AFC championship game here in uh, 18 weeks or whatever it is. Um, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's Mahomes is crazy. He's like a more talented, less mistake prone Brett Favre is what I would say, maybe because he makes some similar throws, arm angles, craziness, but he does it in a more fascinating way and he doesn't throw as many picks for sure. So, yeah, it's he's just we haven't seen this guy before. I there's, I shouldn't even try to make comps. He's just Mahomes. Yeah, he is. It's incredible. <laughs> he made the one throw when he, I think he was falling out of bounds, falling yeah. through and he just chucked it up, and it was just like nobody else tries to even make that. Nobody else even tries to make that throw except for him. And he yeah. was just a perfect throw to Tyree Hill, I think, for a touchdown or like a 60 yard gain or something like that. And, you know, like, like we said, we, you know, you add to the fact that low key, he's got, you know, one of the greatest pass catching tight ends in the history of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we would probably say the greatest, if not for, you know, Gronkowski and Brady hooking up for their 100th touchdown on Thursday night. Um, and, you know, Tyreek Hill. I mean, both those guys could be in the Hall of Fame and they're definitely under tra- – I mean, I think Kelsey will for sure. Hill, if he gets held out, it'll be because of his off-the-field issues. Um, but at yeah, the same I mean, time, he, do- he doesn't have that 6'4 boundary receiver, you know, Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Megatron that he can throw it up to. He- he's never had that guy before. So just di- different kind of weapons, but he makes it work. Yeah, hopefully he never gets that guy or else it's really going to break the game on us. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, um, Sunday. Yeah, like we like we kind of touched on the Bears and everything like that already. Um, the Monday night football game, though, man, holy oh gosh. crap! Yeah, we were we were texting. We were texting. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were. I I did really well, obviously, on that game. You're my lucky charm. Apparently, texting you, texting you what my bets are, and then them immediately coming through. Um, yeah, that was incredible. I I, I just I cannot believe the sequence of events in overtime. I've never seen anything like that. I don't think in a, you know, in a primetime game. That even, I don't bef- even before we got there though. Right. I mean, the, it was 17 to 10. It looked like it was going to be a snooze fest, comfortable under um, the Ravens score, the go ahead field goal to make, I think 27, 24 after three crazy touchdowns by both teams um, was 40 seconds left. No timeouts for the Raiders. They go down, kick a 56 yard to force overtime. So even that getting into overtime was crazy. But then, yeah, from there, it just went to 11 in terms of craziness. Yeah, for sure. I mean it, that, yeah, just so quickly too. I mean, and that it was one of those games where it ended 
And I even texted you. I'm like, I'm too jacked to go to sleep right now. Are we sure it's over? Is there is there another replay? Yeah. Watching those guys dab each other and practically walk off the field, and and you know, and everybody that's watching it knows that he was down at the one yard line. He bounces the bounces the ball off his guy's helmet, and the Ravens end up picking it off in the end zone. Just geez, man, the ebbs and flows of that game were insane. They could really like the NFL. You know, they couldn't dial they couldn't have dialed it up any better. Where they open up the week. Yep. with a Thursday night shootout, one of the best games I've ever seen, top to bottom. And then they end it with, I mean, I don't know if I would say that's the best, like, played game, but, like, just the insanity of it all, you know? Um, yeah, it was like a Notre Dame football game this year. It was, it was like a Notre yeah. Dame football game, yeah, yeah, in general. So, And then they um, reward us this Thursday with the Giants and the Washington football team. I, I hate the NFC East. <laughs> I mean, I just, I hate it. And I know why it is. I get it. It's because they're the TV market and they're going to no, get it's got the biggest market. markets. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. I hate the rest of the country hate you, NFC East, and they hate that you get these primetime games every year. So, well, spe- speaking I, of the NFC East, do we want to have our uh, NFC East correspondent join us here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, here? We'll, take a, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back with Trenton Alexander, Cowboy. Welcome back to the Sports Plebes. Introducing to the podcast, Trenton Alexander, Cowboys insider. Trenton, how do you feel about your boys? Uh, you know, close loss to the defending champion. You know, I, I feel good about them, honestly. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, hey, well, so first I want to say thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, I think for this game the past weekend, I want to say, I've been thinking about the wording, and I say there's no such thing as a moral victory in sports but I'm going to cheat a little bit and say that that was a statement loss. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, there were a lot of questions going into the season. Like, is Dak going to be healthy? Like, is the team going to be okay? Is the defense still going to be historically bad? And well, I can't say the question's a hundred percent answer. I thought Dak looked great this weekend. What did you guys think? Oh, hundred percent. He, yeah, he was, he was more mobile than I thought. He didn't run a lot. But he took when he had the opportunity, he got some yards. He was comfortable in the pocket. He was not afraid to take a hit. He found his receivers. He even had a you know a couple of drops from CD Lamb. Yeah, he was the best player on the field, in my opinion. That Dak's a dog, man. Like I just think I, you know, it, there's probably 25 teams that would kill to have him as their quarterback, including the Colts and the Bears right now. By the way, though, I mean maybe not the Bears as much with Fields. Fields showing some promise, but no, um, they, we still take him. but um now man i just i i go back to i i just think it's so crazy all the contract talk with him you know you go back like like last year and everything and i agree with you in a statement loss and not only that i just feel like you know unless he gets another devastating injury which there's really no reason to think that he will other than the fact that he's playing quarterback in the nfl and sometimes crazy stuff happens to these guys i mean he's gonna outplay that contract and you know probably get another one i mean like it's he's that he was the best player on the field like joe said and yeah man i i can't say enough about it you know it's just you know you left tom brady a minute 24 seconds on the clock you know as a colts fan it's too much time man and he had a timeout so that's <laughs> it's tough you know like what are you, what are you gonna do you know 90 probably probably you know damn near every other quarterback you you might have a chance there it's it's just you know god i hate tom brady so yeah, um, but I agree with you. I think, you know, they're, 
Their defense, I think, is still going to be a little suspect. You know, our boy Jalen Smith, we love him. You know, he's kind of – he's regressed somewhat, I would say, after he got paid. Um, but, I mean, they're going to be – you know, and you look at the rest of the NFC East. I know the Eagles looked really good, but, I mean, the Falcons might be crap this year too. Uh, and they have an extra wild card team too. There's no reason to think the Cowboys can't be a playoff team, I guess. Yeah, Trent, um, are, are, are the Eagles for real? Do, do you buy into it? Is it is one game – Jalen Hurts at a high level enough for you, or is it just, oh, the Falcons are god-awful and they, they capitalize on playing a bad team that week? Yeah, I mean, I got to say, going into the season, I had the Eagles as, like, in the 30s on the teams. I thought it was Eagles, Jags, Texans were the three worst teams. And, like, clearly that's been blown up. Okay. But, I don't know, Jalen looked good. He, I was, I mean, I can admit it, I think I was a hater, but he looked really good. I thought, uh, Devontae Smith had a couple of good plays, too. He was looking good yep. this game. Um, what happened yeah, to I, Zach Ertz? Did he just get old all of a sudden? Because he gets, like, two catches. He was going undrafted in fantasy leagues. Is he just old now? Yeah, I guess so. I guess uh, okay. Dallas Goddard's the guy there now. Yeah. But I I think I saw the same thing you did. It was just in fantasy drafts, seeing, like, hey, this guy's, like, not getting picked up or seeing him in the on the waiver wire. And it's like, oh, like, easy pick. And it's like, nope, projected two points. Yeah, sad. Real sad. Yeah. It's it's tough for Ertz, man. I loved him. I had a I, I loved having him on my fantasy teams for a nice stretch there. But no, I I mean I agree. Hertz was Hertz kind of played incredible, honestly. And I I don't know what to make of that. I thought, you know, I think a lot of people were kind of picking the Falcons to maybe be a sleeper, maybe sneak in as that seven seven seed essentially, or that extra playoff team, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I mean, clearly, I mean, I I don't know. It's it feels like, especially with Fitzpatrick going down, it's going to, in the NFC East at least, it's going to come down between the boys and the Eagles. Um, I, I've i never been a believer in Daniel Jones. I, I don't know what your thoughts on him are, but I've always, <laughs> I've always just thought like this, the only reason this guy's getting propped up is because he's in New York. Like if he was anywhere else, they would just call it what it is. He's a bust, man. <laughs> he's not. A, he he's a would man. be Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I was, I was doing my research. I listened to your guys' last podcast, and I absolutely agree with you. I think he's Mitch Trubisky 2.0. Like, I just really don't have faith in him as a starting quarterback. And as a Cowboys fan, I'm okay with that. But we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's going to be it, it. It's a it's a more interesting division than I thought it was. Um, you know, definitely going into the year, it just felt like it was going to be the Cowboys and everybody else. I didn't think the Eagles were going to show that life. I, I agree with you. I had the Eagles, you know, at least at best, maybe the 25th best team, if not beyond that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, it was really surprising to see them dominate the Falcons that way. It was one of the biggest surprises other than like, we'd kind of touched on earlier, the saints destroying the Packers. Mm-hmm. And stuff. Yeah, at yeah. the same time, though, I mean, Washington, the the football team, I thought they were going to probably be the second-best team in that division. They looked really shaky. Fitzpatrick goes out. The defense wasn't as solid. Granted, they were playing Herbert, you no know, very talented quarterback for the Chargers, but I, I think it's going to be kind of a 1A Cowboys, 1B Eagles, and Washington's not going to be as much of a factor as we might have thought. You agree, you agree with that, Trenton? Yeah, I think that's true. I, like, I think we're all saying the same thing here. I think I had... Cowboys first, then Redskins, Eagles, Giants was kind of what I was picturing. It really Eagles, Giants third and fourth for sure. And I thought kind of a one A one B situation with the Cowboys, Redskins. But with can you stop calling that trend? That's that's offensive. Oh, sorry. Watch <laughs> <laughs> Actually, 
Trent is a card-carrying member of the the Choctaw Nation. Is that right? Chickasaw. Chickasaw. Ch- yeah, the Chickasaw Nation. Chickasaw yeah, it's got, Nation. My, uh, it's got my fifth grade class picture on it. So he's absolutely but... allowed to call him that. He is <laughs> he is cleared. <laughs> yeah. I uh my college roommate was a diehard New York Giants fan. He's from Long Island, and he used to always call him the foreskins. So that was always my favorite, <laughs> my favorite thing. <laughs> it's really stuck. <laughs> thought that was so funny the first time i heard it um so i did see in the notes uh that that you might have some texas a&m a&m insight is that is that correct or was that just a question that joe maybe maybe it sent you yeah so i don't follow college football follow college football nearly as closely as i think y'all are so i don't have quite as much info but i do follow a&m football so i try to keep up with that i watched the game this week i don't know if you guys saw ouch yeah that was ugly yeah, so pulled it out against the Buffs. Yeah, right. It was definitely a scary game, right? Not to have a touchdown until what two minutes left, I think. It's gritty. I'd call that gritty. Yeah, right. And I think backup quarterback wins don't need to be clean, right? A win's a win yeah. if you're a backup yeah. quarterback. But how do you feel? I I think October 9th, the Crimson Tide come to t- to College Station. It's gonna be rocking, but that's that's a tough game. I think that's the one circle. Do you think? there can be some Johnny Manziel magic there and they take down the tide? Uh, I think as long as the starter's out, I don't know if we're going to get it from Calzada in that time. I think that's a good one. That's really the big one. I think Arian and Vanna circled, but I don't know that from what we've seen, the Aggies have proved that they're in a position to win that game. That's fair. What do you think about uh? What do you think about Kellen Mond? Just real quick, you know, I know he's just a backup for the Vikings and everything, but I mean, they just got knocked off by the Bengals. Obviously, if they're not good this year, you know, if the Vikings end up, you know, I don't know, two and six, you know, sort of thing, you would think that he, if he's showing anything, can would get some tick. Do you think he has potential to be a, a starting quarterback? I liked him, but you know, I mean, obviously, I didn't, I didn't watch every Texas A and M game. What, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see it. And, I mean, I think we've all seen enough from Kirk Cousins at this point. We know what he is. We're not expecting him to get any better. So, I would be happy. I don't know that he's necessarily, like, up to the caliber. But I think the way things are going right now, I I agree with you. I don't see why he doesn't get some time. And I think he's in a spot where he can win it or lose it himself. Yeah, I think he had a he had a pretty good training camp in preseason was kind of the word too. So it'll be interesting, and I know they're all freaking out because Cousins isn't vaccinated, and you know, so who knows? That could be that could be a reason he misses time too. I don't know if any of them any of the quarterbacks are vaccinated. Actually, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> probably, probably just Tom Brady. Probably put probably. one of his his protein shakes, just a little <laughs> syringe. Um, but Trent, I did want to make sure we touched on this. Um, you were, is it fair to call you a, a student manager for the Rice Owls basketball team? Was, was that your role? So I so would just say, give us the story. Give us the whole story. This is a fascinating one. Yeah. So my junior year of college, I'm, my roommate is a sports management major. He's loved basketball his whole life. He actually works for a professional basketball team now. He got the idea to talk to Coach Rhodes at the time, who was the head coach of Rice. Now he's the head coach at VCU. Okay. Um, with the idea to set up an analytics department for the basketball team. And once he got the okay from Rhodes, he invited me along with, I think, about five or six others to set up the department. And that's, we would just operate there for the next two years. And 
a lot of what we did, I wouldn't say it was necessarily like hard analytics. It was a lot of like practice or game tape review and kind of like like recording what I would call like off the box score stats. So things like hockey assists, right? So like a pass to assist. Okay. Or like good closeouts that aren't necessarily a block but could lead to a missed shot. Things like that, right? Like effort plays, basically. See, I needed you on our high school team because that was that's was my specialty. Like the the unseen <laughs> plays. God. <laughs> yeah, Joe was the scrappy one. That's for sure. That's, that's really cool, though, man. Have you uh, have you kind of continued to do any stuff like that, or that was that was just something you were kind of doing more in college? Yeah, for me, it was more in college. It was definitely my roommate's passion. Like I said, he works in data analytics for a professional basketball team now, but it's all, it was always an interest to me. Like, I think the first time I read Moneyball was like, I mean, it was amazing for me. I always claimed that was one of my favorite movies, which I'm not really sure that's actually true, but it was, it, <laughs> it was sounds great. good on so, paper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was just something that I'd always been interested in. So it was a great opportunity for me to get, involved in that and kind of like also get a behind the scenes look at like a d1 basketball program and get to see coach Rhodes work because he in the time he was at rice we improved a lot and i think it was fairly clear it was because of him because i think we've dropped off since he's left but you you did have a personal recommendation for one player to stop taking mid-range fadeaways was it based on analytics and you got him to the coach to tell him to stop doing that is that right <laughs> yeah that's true so one thing <laughs> So another thing we did that I forgot to mention is we would do real-time collection of stats during games. So we would actually sit behind the, the bench. Yeah. And we would write down like the plus minus for every lineup he put on the field or on the court. And then we would have little shot charts for what's making and what's missing, right? And I think for some players, you can kind of go to the coach or go to the assistant coach and say, like, show the shot chart and say, like, hey, I'm not one to be coaching here, but like, there's a lot of X's right here. Maybe he shouldn't be going for this. Yeah, that, this is Rus- this is Russell Westbrooks. He he needs to he stop. <laughs> that's that's awesome though, man. That's really cool. And like like the coach actually listened to you is what you're saying. You got you got you got the guy to kind of change his gameplay a little bit. That's that's pretty sweet, especially at a D one level. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that's what was the like my biggest takeaway and what makes me the happiest about that program is that it's actually still going there. And I've graduated oh, wow, okay. like a few yeah. years ago that I've graduated and everybody who was originally involved in that is gone, but it still goes. And I think, like you said, the biggest thing is just wh- whether or not you collect the data, you got to get a coach to buy in on it. And they definitely did there. So we were always really appreciative of that. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Do, do you have um, a take for the game this week, though? You you are going on the road to Los Angeles, Herbert. I think you're three point dogs. Do you have a, a play on this game for the boys? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think three point dogs is pretty reasonable. I'm well. What I, I say that because I think right now I'm really high on the Cowboys because that I think I was okay. not expecting to play so close to the Bucks. So I'm trying to like. Yeah, emotionally hedge here. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. No, you you look good. It's not that tough of a place to play. Those are cocktail fans out there in LA. Take the points. Maybe tease it up to three and a half, and I think that's that's it's reasonable. I like I like the points too, there, man. Honestly, and uh, you know, my it's always the thing. It's it's cliche, but you know, three points is kind of what you get for being the home team. So it basically means they think it's a pick 'em, and um. 
I don't know. I think if, you know, if they're going to play like that against the Bucks in Tampa Bay, a raucous crowd, I agree. I don't know. You know, I mean, the L.A. Rams kind of established themselves, especially going to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So, you know, I I understand that that crowd for the Bears Sunday night was going to be a little crazy. But I don't know what kind of fans are going to show up for the L.A. Chargers. You know, my understanding yeah. is that San Diego fans were pretty bitter about them leaving in general. Um, and yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I think in Dallas travels well, I mean, it's not unreasonable to think that there won't be a bunch of Cowboys fans that decide to go stay at LA for the weekend. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I like, I like the points there too, three and a half. I don't know what the over under is. I would think there'd be a lot of scoring in that game. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's maybe, maybe take the points and parlay it with the over. Joe knows how much I love my parlays. Mm, It's (laughs) 55 and a half, which is pretty, pretty healthy. That is it's it's, 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 it's about right. It's about right. <laughs> I, I take the over on that. I figured it'd be I like yeah, I mean, I think so. If the Cowboys can score 29 on one of the best defenses in the game, and the Chargers have a pretty solid offense too. I, I think I'd hit the over there too. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I like it. I like it. I like it. Trent, one yeah. last question for you. Um is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? <laughs> uh do you, what is Eli Manning's like career record again? I want to look that up because that is critical to my question. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's five hundred or is it four ninety nine? I don't remember. I don't know if I remember if he quit while it was ahead. That was a joke. We we um <laughs> we have a differing opinion. Me and Nate on this one, and his friend Brian will probably be chomping at the bit to come up, provide a different perspective. Um, but yeah, Trent, any any serious final thoughts before we let you get back to your night yeah i mean just to hype my cowboys up again i think i mean i think they played their toughest game of the season the only one that's debatable is that they have the chiefs i think week 11 yeah week 11 and i i think they're going to be great i know the preseason over under for them was nine and a half i would definitely i well i did bet on that at preseason and i'm Feeling pretty good about it right now. I thought they looked great against the Bucks. He said, Eagles, bit of a surprise for me. They'll be good. I still think the Cowboys are the, are the team to beat in the NFC East. Yeah, I think no, I think that's fair. I think it's perfectly reasonable to say, especially, you know, offensively, you know, I don't I don't think I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to hold up to the Cowboys offensively. I think they're going to be the I just, you know, I think they're going to be the cream of the crop in the NFC East, at least on offense. It's just about whether or not their defense can kind of come together more and slow anybody down. So yeah, man. Um, but no, this was great. I mean, we really appreciate you coming on and giving us some, some NFC East perspective and yeah, man. Nice to meet you. Yeah. It was yeah. great to meet you too. Yeah. Trent, next time I'm in Houston, we'll have to go back to Buffalo wild wings again. Redux. Maybe bring yep. Steve too. Yep. Sounds great. Thank you guys. All right. Talk to you later, buddy. Take it easy, man. All right. Bye. Oh, good deal. Good deal. It makes me dirty talking about, feel dirty talking about the Cowboys that much, but clearly he's passionate and I think they are actually the best team in the NFC East. No, I mean, they are. I, I, I don't see, I don't know. I could be wrong, I guess, but I just didn't see, nobody saw the Eagles coming on that strong like that. And it doesn't feel like it'll be sustainable. Um, and it really doesn't bode well for Carson Wentz if they uh, they end up winning the NFC East and being a really good team <laughs> either, I would say. So, um, yeah. Um, 
do you want to transition to the social media story? Do you have it? Do we have a social media story? Or we re? Um, we... I have a really lazy one. If you don't have a better one, no. I, I did. Just... Have I probably have I probably heard it before though? Uh no, no, no. You probably haven't heard this one before. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with a differing tactic. But um, no. So Florida man, Florida man's always good for a good story. Uh, and this one was just Florida man exposed himself to toll collectors seven times. Trooper says. Um, so yeah, Florida man has been arrested on charges. He exposed himself at various toll collectors over a week span. Uh, seven instances on three days around 7 a.m. Uh, but the really, the story is he entered the cash lanes on this toll plaza. His toll workers told troopers the man had no clothes on and was showing his private. So I don't know. I think this guy might've just been, you know, naked driving in the morning or he was just trying to pay his tolls in a different way. I don't know. But either way, it seems like good, innocent fun. No one was harmed. They're all adult. There's as a toll collector so just a just a fun florida man story well, fun florida man flash yeah, yeah i agree <laughs> i thought you might go with the uh bears rams fight i don't know if you saw that or not but there was a ton uh there was a massive brawl at the game um the story was know. the story was that uh it was like some bears and rams fans started chirping at each other the security actually got involved and had them move seats and then post game they ran at each other in the concourse or whatever and i mean it is it's worth looking up and Googling and um, definitely don't watch it with your kids around. There really? is, blood. there is blood everywhere. Yeah. People are just crappy in general. And I think I it happens know. in LA, right? Like there's been like a ton of LA, San Francisco, like baseball fights, right? Giants, Dodgers. Like they just, they get after it out there. Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't know if I would go see a game at, at, at LA stadium, you know, honestly, it'd be more, maybe it'd be more fun to go uh, see one at Las Vegas. I feel like, you know, Vegas. Every yeah. Every, everyone there's going to be neutral. I mean, unless you're in the, I guess the core, I don't know if they still have a black hole in Vegas. I'm not really sure. I think that I don't, gone, I, don't, I, don't know. I think in general, it's a lot of, I think a decent amount of Raiders fans kind of begrudgingly um, are still, are still Las Vegas Raiders fans. But I mean, I think that city also has really embraced them. I mean, they really embrace the golden Knights and hockey too. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, but yeah, it, it's nasty, man. There's like it's it, it's one of these deals where all these guys are like in the fight. They're all like massive human beings. That's what I always, I never understand. I, I'm yeah. always like, where do these guys come from? from? Yeah, they're like like <laughs> I'm not like me and you are not like small guys like necessarily, but like these guys all are like six three, two thirty to two hundred and fifty pounds at least. And I'm right. just like, oh, man, just I just run away, you know? And, and <laughs> you know that they came there looking for a fight, and that's why, right? Because they're good at fighting and they're intimidating and they yeah, just yeah. come on, come on. Yeah. I know, right? It's really sad. So yeah, and there's kids around and stuff like that running away. So it's just like, yeah, that was it was kind of disgusting. But um yeah. Um with that tough transition, is yeah. it time to Oh, yeah, yeah. My bets of the week are disgusting in a good way this week, I think. Um, oh, the first one, I didn't want to do it. I've, I've wanted to take the Irish both weeks. I held off. But this is the week. This is how we show our resolve. Okay, let's tease this down to six and a half. <laughs> We're staying in the bend. We're welcoming Big Ten perennial doormat Purdue. They're feeling good at 2-0. and They think they got a chance, but they don't. They cannot contain Mayer. And Austin and Tyree and Lindsey. We're going to score. We're going to score. We're going to give up a couple of big plays. That's fine. But I think we pants Purdue. We beat them something like 37 to 17. Um, so, yeah, ND minus six and a half versus Purdue. Give me it. I mean, part 
part of me wants to just take the seven, seven and a half points or whatever we could <laughs> do, honestly, do. and just hedge. And I just like, you know, I had some free bets already. I was like, should I just like put these on Purdue's money line and do mostly <laughs> hedge myself in case we get devastated? But I didn't do that. I put them blood. I put, I started a blood money fund on Alabama winning the national championship. You'll be happy to know. Good. So um, I actually, I like the tease. I like the tease down to six and a half. That gets me going. Okay. Um, I would say too, it's important that Notre Dame has not covered for two straight games. They're not going to go zero and twelve against the spread. They're going to cut. Co- they're going to cover some some of these games. And, no, and, and honestly, I think over the last three years they've probably been fairly like they. I bet they've been six hundred or better against the spread. So it's going to even over, out. They've yeah. been over fifty percent against the spread. Yeah, yeah. consistently. So, um, yeah, and I mean, like even going back to you know, like they've had some upsets going back to the Clemson game last year and stuff like that, where they were I think almost two touchdown dogs or something like that. Yep. Um, yeah, I. I'll take it. I'll take the T's down to six and a half. If you were going to give me it's Purdue, it's Purdue, or if it's Notre Dame minus seven and a half, I was going to be like, I don't know, more than a touchdown. But I do, I do love teasing. Okay. Maybe tease it with, I don't know. I don't know. Tease it with something. I like teasing it with something stupid and then losing money on parlays. So, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe tease it with the Washington Giants game. Um, Cause that's my next one. Washington going on the road to New York. Only three-point favorites. So Washington minus three. Actually, they're at home. Sorry, sorry. They're at home. Not on the road. Washington minus three versus the Giants. Basically, they're trying to tell us that those are even football teams. Even with Heineke at quarterback, I do not think those are equal football teams. I think Washington will win this one by a touchdown. And you'll have a comfortable cover there. Yeah, and Daniel Jones didn't have a pick, much to my chagrin last week. So (laughs) I I think he's due for one. You know, Maybe a pick fumble sort of combo i think he had did he have two fumbles that game i think he passed yes. for a touchdown rushed for a touchdown he had two fumbles i mean the guy i don't know man i just don't believe i agree with you and heineke heineke showed me stuff in that he's playoff not bad. Game too. Yeah, he's, he's not, not bad i'm like oh, this like I, I thought that after the game i'm like i would want that guy to be my backup quarterback like i'd be cool with that you know like and i get it it's not ideal i don't know how long fitzpatrick's out but um it's a short week uh I, I don't. I, I don't think Saquon's all the way back either. So, like, name one place on the field where the the Giants have an advantage. I don't, I'm not sure you can. No, uh, no, because I I love uh, I love Scary Terry. He's like yeah. I think he's the best wide receiver on the on the field. And yeah, I I, I like that one. That's uh, that's a good one. Yeah, let's go with Washington there. Okay, good. All right, the last one. Uh, this and this one is the classic, probably over week one overreaction. We're going to come back down to earth, but Rams going on the, the road to the Colts. They're only four point favorites. A little discouraged by the Colts, a little encouraged by the Rams. I think they can cover that four point spread. But again, it's week two cross conference road game. There's a lot of a lot of bad history, but I think the Rams can get it done minus four at the Colts. Tease it up to six and a half. That's what I'm doing. I, I don't think the Colts have a chance in this game, honestly. Wow. <laughs> okay. Part of me. Part of that is maybe a little reverse jinx, but I just I I don't know, man. They didn't show me much that game. If their secondary is going to be suspect, Stafford's just going to carve them up. And um, they have this guy named Aaron Donald on the defensive line, and I yeah. thought the Bears the best thing the Bears did in that game was they contained Aaron Donald. Really, you know, like they. And I mean, that's really 
you can't, you can't, you know, you can't stop him. You can just hope to contain him. And that's, that's what they were able to do for most of the game. And he's still, right. they ran away he's from still, him most of the game. Yeah. Yeah. He still affects <laughs> the game. You know, like that's the thing. It's like, even, you know, you just, you look at the stat sheet, it might not show anything. It's like, yeah, but if you watch that football game, even just, you know, watching, you know, Andy Dalton back up and then have to like take four steps to his right to avoid, you know, the pressure up the middle and then getting sacked by somebody else. It's like, he doesn't get a sack for that, but like there should be, I mean, he gets a QB pressure, which isn't like as big of a stat, but I mean, it, it, it matters. So yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, that's, that's probably my favorite one. I think the Rams are going to, I don't know. I think the Rams are a better football team than the Seahawks. And I think that they, you know, after that happened to the Colts, maybe, maybe there will be some, you know, some correction there from Indianapolis, but I don't know, man. I just think that this offense, this Colts offensive line is not that good. Yeah. And uh, it wouldn't stun me if the Rams end up beating them by more than four points. Yeah. No, and, I, and I'm not I'm not trying to go against your team. I mean, I think the Bears are probably suspect this week too, right? Being home favorites against a much better quarterback in Joe Burrow. That They're probably, I think the Bengals plus three and a half, plus three are, are a good bet there too. I just think it's going to be a tough season for us. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably bet Joey covers <laughs> in general. I love him. I love him so much. Yeah, uh, just burrow under those covers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. Oh man. Well, good strong pod, Joe. The guest was fun. Um, I had a good time with that. You know, we'll we should start doing that more. We'll get it cleaned up a little bit, and uh, yeah, get our get our interviewing chops a little bit going a absolutely bit. absolutely i think we didn't we didn't haze him too much um but yeah it was it was it was fun we'll have to get brian back on to talk some more horse betting for sure well the 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 mets the mets um 30 for 30 is i'm recording it right now okay. i think it's called like uh something about queens um it's about the 86 mets so maybe we could I have heard a little bit about that yeah, yeah it's, it's like good. it makes like the dennis rodman the bulls look like choir boys right yeah yeah i believe so so Maybe we have him on to uh, discuss some of that and discuss uh, his Giants losing to the Redskins and starting out 0-2 and admitting that Daniel Jones is not a good we, – we've had – I back and forth with him a little bit on that where he he's still convinced, like, no, Danny Dimes, man. It's got okay. potential. It's the Giants. I'm like, okay, I don't know. We can agree to disagree, I guess, big guy. <laughs> you know, That's so, tough. Yeah, yeah. But we'll hash it all out in, in the future weeks. But uh, that's all I got. Is it all you got, Nate? Yeah, that's all I got, brother, for sure. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for joining us for week 43. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a good one.